0: Welcome to the Cover Three Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover Three Podcast.
1: And welcome back to the Cover Three Podcast. It's a locks edition, locks volume two, hard knock locks. There we go. How's it going, guys? Barton, Simmons, Tom, Fernelli. Uh, everybody's back together again. Uh, we will review our our first set of bowl locks here momentarily. Tom Fernelli. Can we not? I I was gonna say like I uh, this I, I I was thinking that those early games because of your experience uh, with your the depths of your rankings. You know, I was I was hoping that you would come through strong, but uh, one and three, no bueno.
2: Yeah, it was. It's been a bad start to bowl season. Let's put it that way.
1: Uh, I mean, right
2: now we've we've played eight games and the favorites are seven and one against the spread. What is that? Ugh.
1: Are the overs hitting too?
3: No, they're they're four and four. They're doing their jobs.
1: Okay, cool. Barton, how are we feeling?
3: Feel good. You know, this is this is not typically my my sweet spot, my hot zone, my power alley in bowl season. But I did for some reason have pretty good confidence heading into last week, and so. You feel good about one roll through uh through week one.
1: All right, let's uh let's take a look at it. Barton, three and one on the week. Uh the wins were the under fifty three and a half in Arizona State Fresno. The Eastern Michigan plus two and a half. Why? Because boy, it's all about motivation. And uh and motivation is what gets you the loss but the cover on a Georgia Southern field goal. Uh hell of a hook right there. And then uh, also speaking of motivation, uh Marshall minus two and a half definitely the more motivated team against South Florida as we watched that game on Thursday night it was it was gross outside it did not look like it was pleasant uh, but Marshall at least looked like they were ready to play so the loss was North Texas at three and one plus two for the postseason um any any thoughts any in any, any takeaways from uh, your slate
3: Barton I can't wait to hammer the USF win total under next year. I mean, those guys—that—that's been my 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 anti UCF. UCF last year was my, you know, University residual income play. USF sort of turned into a late University of residual income fade play. Uh, I love those guys. Appreciate all the <laughs> work they do for me. He, he,
2: The only thing I could kept thinking of while I was watching that game was, man, how good was Teddy Bridgewater?
1: Yeah. So are we out on Charlie Strong? Like, is that is that just there is not until proven? Yeah, until proven otherwise, Charlie Strong as a head coach is not a plus value added coach.
2: I'm out as soon as I mean I was I was already out and then he kicked the field goal right before halftime while down twenty one. I was
3: like, yeah, that's that's all I needed to see. Uh, uh, how good was Treddy Bridgewater, and how good was Quentin Flowers too?
2: Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> you
3: know, just yeah, congratulate Blake Barnett, not up to snuff.
1: Uh, we've got so Chip's card was two and three. It was a little bit busy. The wins were Utah State over North Texas. That one never really a doubt. And then Fresno minus four and a half, a little bit tougher. The losses, Louisiana plus three and a half didn't didn't really. F- didn't didn't feel good about it once the game started. Uh, Middle Tennessee plus six and a half, also a loser. And then easily the the game that I'm the most upset at myself for was San Diego State plus three. Um, that like Rocky Long was stunned at his halftime interview at, at the performance from the team. They brought uh, Ryan Agnew in and just continued to make mistakes. I mean that was. Uh, I am not concerned about the long-term future of San Diego State. I will not be hitting the season win total on the under, but this season and that bowl performance was out of character based on everything we've seen in the last four years. So uh, let's see. You also were on the wrong side of that, Tom. Um, Yes. Are you are you any pain are you gonna use this as like a one season only with San Diego State? Or do you think that maybe the window that we've seen uh with the ten win seasons over the last couple of years that maybe we're off of that?
2: I mean, I think their biggest problem this year was they didn't have a quarterback. And I just think that kind of derailed everything so I, i'm looking at it as more of a one-year outlier and then hopefully they get some at least some solid qb play next year which help fix things because they couldn't run the ball because defenses did not have to respect the pass at all and you know san diego state wants to run the ball before it does anything else defensively they were good all year they were just horrible in that game so i'm i'm not concerned about it long term but i think this year was just kind of a it was, it was a bad season. it was a down year they happened they happen.
1: Uh, Tom also taking a loss on North Texas, uh, the under 43 and a half in NIU, UAB, and then that San Diego State game. So it's Barton at plus two, Chip at minus one, and Tom at minus two, and we are back with a whole batch of Bull Locks so that we can get the syndicate back over 500. Gentlemen, are you ready to lock it up?
2: Ready. Oh.
0: We're picking locks.
3: My blue plate special five-star locks are coming.
0: Come get these
1: locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up.
3: You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.
1: All right, so right off the jump, um, we're recording here on Friday morning, so if you are on it, like, really, really on it, because this will probably hit the feed It'll like, 11.45. 12.30 kickoff in the Bahamas, FIU, and Toledo. Quarterback James Morgan out for the Panthers. Real quick, what we got, any thoughts?
2: I'm locking up the under, mm-hmm. and it's a very, very simple reason. There are 25-mile-an-hour wins in the Bahamas for this game. And you know how I love my wonders. So I mean, this is James Morgan being out certainly doesn't hurt because now FIU's offense is probably going to struggle quite a bit. But it's going to be hard to throw the ball in 25 mile an hour winds. It's going to be hard to kick field goals in 25 mile an hour winds. These aren't just you know this isn't a stiff breeze. This is you know your your dog going flying down the street kind of wind. So <laughs> I am on the
3: under. Uh, Barton, wow. do you have anything? Uh, I got nothing. I would have leaned Toledo because. Is uh, I don't trust FIU without my boy James Morgan, Uh, but a Bahamas wonder is a great way to start the pod. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, Uh, Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise that'll be later this afternoon. Western Michigan and BYU, Um, Barton, you got any leans or feels there?
3: My my lean is BYU. um, Only you know they four and oh against the spread as double digit favorites this year they're both playing true freshman quarterbacks but byu is improved because of the true freshman quarterback while western michigan is worse because they're true freshman quarterback so i lean byu even given 12 and a half but uh not enough to to lock it up
1: 12 and a half is a lot of points uh for bowl season i i mm-hmm. So, uh, in, It's as, one of the
3: biggest spreads of the season, of, of it the bowl is, season.
2: It is the biggest spread that is not a playoff semifinal. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. Which is something else entirely to think about, but, you know.
1: I'm looking at a BYU team that was just uh, playing at Boise last month. They played in early November, lost a close low-scoring game to the Broncos. The Western Michigan Broncos last year were 6-6, six and six, did not get invited to a bowl. I'm wondering if motivation factor... Leans Western Michigan, and even though they are the worst team, the the too many daggum points plus motivation. If I'm not locking it up, but if there was a pick, I might go Western Michigan here.
2: Didn't Tim Lester just get a contract extension? He did. Yeah. yeah see, gotta you gotta you know prove your coach deserved it.
1: That's former Western Michigan quarterback and Western Michigan Athletics Hall of Famer Tim Lester.
2: That's right.
1: He hadn't even. He hadn't even won a bowl game, and we're putting him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> WTF, Western Michigan. All right. Let's uh, let's let's keep it moving then to Saturday's games. Uh, we get the Birmingham Bowl, Memphis, and Wake Forest. Barton, the first of all, do we have any locks here for Memphis Wake? I got a lock. Okay. I got a lock. All right. Well, let, I don't have a lock here, so let's let the locks go first, then we'll start breaking the game down. Um, Tom, you first.
2: I'm on Wake Forest plus three and for me this is just simply a thing where I think you know the matchup first of all Memphis will not have Daryl Henderson which is a big blow to their offense because he constitutes so much of their offense and he makes a lot of it go but it's more to me than anything it's just that since Dave Clawson got to Wake Forest this is now their third straight season in a bowl game and you know it'd been a while I think it was what 2009 or 2010 was the last time they'd been in a bowl game since then right and they've not only come out and played really well in their first two bowl games under costs, they've been underdogs in both and they've won both outright last year against Texas A&M in the Belk bowl. And the year before They beat a Temple team that was ranked at the time in a bowl game. And this is just a team that I think, you know, it's like we see with, you know, like Marshall last night where Doc Holliday's teams always come out ready to play in bowl games. I think we've got a similar situation here with Dave Clawson where the Wake Forest and the Demon Deacons are always ready to play in bowl games. They take them seriously. They prepare for them. So for me, I'm on the Deacons. I'm just not sure how excited and pumped up Memphis will be for this game, especially without Daryl Henderson, so I'm taking the Deacons.
3: Barton? Uh, lock agreement. Woo! We're picking locks. Uh, let, let's run through the motivation factors here, or the or the, the motivation slack distraction slash distraction factors. One, Memphis is offensive coordinator. He's gone. He's off to Auburn, getting $500,000 a year as a 29-year-old uh, next in line at Auburn. Uh, their, what would be their, I guess, I don't know what he, I don't know, I can't remember what his his title was um, at Memphis, running backs coach or something. He's gone to Tulane as their offensive coordinator. Uh, Daryl Henderson skipping the bowl game, as Tom said. Me and, and and also keep in mind too, Memphis really like came out. Guns blazing in the AAC championship game. Looked like they were going to upset UCF. Laid an egg in the second half. Let UCF back in it. End the season on a disappointing loss. And what's really ultimately a relatively disappointing season by Memphis standards. What they end up? 8-4 or something? Um, Meanwhile, you got Wake Forest. Who... Under Jamie Newman, who's been the you know the starter over the last three games uh, for an injured Sam Hartman, they've actually been better. They've gotten better offensively. They surged late in the year, kind of came back from the dead to make a bowl game. They've got an interim de- uh, defensive coordinator Lyle Hemphill, who I kind of dog-claws for, for firing his, his D.C., has proven himself as he earned the full-time D.C. gig. Their defense is playing their best ball late in the season, And this is one of those occasions where it feels like a, you know, usually when you got a a group of five team playing a power five team, the group of five team is so motivated. And so the power five team overlooks them. This is sort of a role reversal here where Memphis is probably coming to this game a little bit disappointed. Wake is coming to this game juiced up and I think they will be motivated to play well and win. So I'm taking Wake uh, and they're they're catching points, right? Yeah, three taking away catching points. The only thing that like gave me any pause here was um the uh, Bill Conley's stat profiles projects Wake to lose this game by twelve, which kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But I, I'm I, I'm okay with all the other um, motivating factors, distraction factors. Uh, you know, outside influences. I, I like Wake in this spot uh, a lot.
2: Stats are for nerds, Connolly.
3: Well, hold on. Do, and does
1: the – do the S&P projections rule Henderson out?
2: No. Yeah. That's no. – yeah, that's what – But still, have, I mean,
3: he, but he wouldn't be worth 12 points. Oh.
2: Uh, no. I mean, I – I I know averages like ten yards a carry. Right,
1: right, right, and like he has uh, more runs of like forty plus yards than most teams. Uh, I I know a Vegas odds maker would not say that Henderson is worth twelve points. I will say he's worth ten, probably. We'll see.
2: I'll say he's priceless. Aww. All lives are priceless.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I've. I've. What do we think about the over under here? Seventy three. Anyone want to play with it? I'm off.
2: Uh. I believe actually. Let me see what I predict. I'm on. Technically, I'm on the over. Although I'm not. I'm. I'm leaning over, but I'm not betting over.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. The Armed Forces Bowl from TCU Stadium in Fort Worth. Uh, a short drive for Houston. Army shows up. We've got, uh, let's see, I do have a lock on this one. Does anybody else have a lock here? I have a lock. Barton?
3: I do not have a lock.
1: Okay. Um, I'm locking up the Cougs here, and some of it has to do with motivating factors that in, that are specifically focused on one matchup, because for Army, the defensive coordinator, Jay Bateman, who um, in – in the words of Mac Brown, he hired Jay Bateman because he called all the finest defensive minds he knew, and he asked, he said, who would you hire? Who's doing it better than anyone else? And Jay Bateman was the one name that came up for everyone. He is mm-hmm. going to be taking the job at North Carolina. On the other side, yes, we don't have Derek King, but Kendall Bryles has locked up a new deal with Houston, and I just think that there is an athleticism uh, disadvantage and a motivating factor for Houston to come out and still still be effective that has five points as a dog way too much. I think Houston wins this game outright. I'm locking up plus five.
2: Chip, we are in lock agreement.
3: Ooh, we're
1: picking locks. We're picking locks.
2: Yeah. Uh. First of all, going back to Jay Bateman, it's funny. It's I I I kind of describe what he does is you know how like in the last few years we've had the whole thing of positionless basketball. Yeah. I feel like Jay Bateman has a positionless defense where there's dudes who are. It's like every like everybody's playing a hybrid position and kind of moving depending on what's going on with the offense. It's really interesting to watch. It's the question is going to be, was he doing it out of necessity at Army, or will he continue doing it at North Carolina even if he doesn't have to? But as far as the game goes, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just that you know Houston we. Option offenses are a giant pain in the butt to deal with in the regular season because you don't have a lot of time to prepare for them. Houston's had a few weeks to prepare for this game since they knew who its opponent was going to be. And plus, Houston plays Navy during the regular season. So they are already familiar with how to play, you know, option offenses. And yet, not having Ed Oliver is a problem but I don't think it's going to destroy their hopes here and then Clayton Toon was not very good in his two starts replacing Derek King but he's had a few weeks to get prepared and get ready for this team and Army without its defensive coordinator just frankly I don't think that on the defensive side of the ball Army has the athletes it's going to need to keep up with what Houston has it's, it's at its skill positions over 60 minutes and I think that this is going to be a situation where Houston's going to score on most of its possessions, and Army's going to do what Army does and everything in its power to make sure Houston doesn't have that many possessions. It's just I think Houston's going to come up short on their or Army's going to come up short on their own possessions one or two too many times, and it's going to allow Houston to at least cover. Although I'm taking the Cougars to win outright.
3: Do you guys have you noticed this little stat? I mean against division or FBS opponents, Navy's scored more points against Houston than anyone else on their schedule. So it's Ooh. not like Houston's good at stopping this offense. Yes, they've seen it before, but their their run defense leaves something to be desired. Uh, I'm not locking it, but I would kind of lean Army here, honestly. Um, without Derek King... Um and and with that defense, you know, without Ed Oliver, not that they haven't played without him before, but I don't know. I just I don't necessarily trust this Houston team. But uh, I'm 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 most tempted to play the over because I do think both these teams will be able to score a lot of points. It's just a matter of whether this is a methodical uh, plotting day of scoring points with Army or whether they get some explosive plays uh, and 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 stop the clock here and there. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna stay away. Uh, but I might be tempted on RB a little bit.
1: Are you? Well, I mean, we've got until the end of this show if you want to come back and, and throw that log on the fire, turn this sucker into a lock fight.
3: I the only log, I think the only log, I, I don't, I don't think I would lock fight you guys on this one. I might, I might circle back and go over. So okay, let's, we'll, we'll see how I feel.
2: Uh, Barton won't support the troops, Chip.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dollar General Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. We got Buffalo and Troy. Uh, this is anybody got
3: a lock here? I got one.
1: All right, Barton, take the lead.
3: This is this is motivation season. Uh, I like the motivating factor here for Buffalo. They they've got a chance to get the first bowl win in program history. I think that that is something that they'll be fired up for, I think that they've got personnel that inspires me a little more than what Troy does at least on the offensive side of the ball this is, Troy is not going far, this is not much of a trip for Troy, this is Buffalo gets to head down to beautiful Mobile, all the way up from Buffalo, New York Uh, Lance Leopold is you know, while everyone's talking about Neil Brown as the, the hot name in power in, in group of five, Lance Leopold's flying under the radar as who, who might actually be the best coach in group of five. I, I just think Buffalo is going to be really motivated, really excited for this game. Not that Troy won't be, uh, but I, I like Buffalo and, and we've had some, you know, the Mac is two and one against the spread. They're one and two straight up, but Mac is, is shown a little bit of signs of life here. So they're playing one, Uh, I think at last check so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play uh, I'm gonna play the Bulls
1: you're going back into your bag of Mac team arrives in Alabama more inspired (laughs) than Southern team who does not think it's as exciting
3: (laughs) Mac team gets off the plane and Mobile just eyes wide look at this beautiful look at this beautiful Mobile paradise
1: look at this parking lot (laughs) look at this strip mall
2: this line is all over the place. Oh really? I mean there's like I've
1: got it at one and a half in front of me yeah, right
2: now. It's Buffalo at minus two at a couple places. They're minus one at a few places. It's a pick em at a few places. Uh, Troy is still favored by one at a few places. <laughs> it's it's everywhere. So shop around. Get the best line.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, what are we, what are, what are we gonna give me here?
2: You can get plus one. That's what it is at a uh, Bookmaker right now.
1: Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! We're not handing out a bookmaker line on this it's, podcast. It,
3: it started sharp at, book chip. I feel like this line has moved just since like last night. It started at Buffalo minus three. I feel like it's. It looks like. A, yeah, it's maybe, all, maybe, it's been why, why don't you give me a pickem? Give me a pickem. There's a there's as there I, I'm looking at pick. Uh, Buffalo plus one, Buffalo plus two. I'm in, at I, five dimes. Pick. I'll Buffalo say pick them.
1: pick them because it's the pick them at the Westgate. All
2: right, that's fine. It's also them at Bet Online
1: at minus fifteen. Well, that's that extra juice. Um. All right. Uh. I. I may. I think my expert pick for this might be Troy, but. Uh, that was mostly in my blind uh, fade Mac, fill out your expert picks principle, I, which as Barton mentioned, has not come through so far.
2: I took Troy in my column simply because what it all boiled down to, to me was this is going to be a close game and Troy's special teams are much better than Buffalo's.
1: Ooh. Is it from uh, like SMP special teams rankings?
2: Yeah. Troy's ranked 11th. Buffalo's ranked 124th. Oh, <laughs> So if this game is going to be close and comes down to the kicking game or just even, you know, punting and field position, Troy's got an advantage there.
1: Out out in the Hawaii Bowl, uh, we've got Hawaii and Louisiana Tech. Uh, As we talk about motivation in this game, and we've had this a couple of times, you know, Louisiana Tech obviously is making the big trip. Hawaii, uh, not actually all that great in the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, Tom, what's our record? Four and four. Four and four. The Rainbow Warriors, four and four uh, in this game. I've got a lock here. Anybody else got a lock? I've got a lock. Barton?
3: Uh, nope.
1: Daggum, Tom.
2: Are we going to be in lock agreement again? I
1: think so. You take it first.
2: I'm taking Louisiana Tech plus one. It's uh Yeah, it's Hawaii. Uh, it's kind of like what we saw with USF last night. You know, they're playing in their home stadium. It's not exactly exciting to have the your reward get to be staying on campus, practicing where you've practiced all year, and then going to play a game in the same stadium you play half your games in. And for Louisiana Tech, it's also just that I think they're a better team. And I know that Hawaii's offense has been kind of, you know, explosive. It's just their defense is awful. They have allowed 35.4 points per game on the season overall. And against teams with a winning record, Hawaii is averaging 40.8 points per game. So it's really hard to trust a team that's averaging over 40 points per game to anybody it plays with a pulse. So I, I'm taking the Bulldogs here plus one. I think they're going to win out right, and I wish this game was on Christmas Eve still.
1: Let me uh, add on top of that, because, yes, it is a lock agreement. We're picking locks. Um Skip Holtz, kind of a boss. Six and three in bowl games as a head coach. Winner in the last five as Louisiana Tech's head coach. Five straight bowl wins. Heart of Dallas, New Orleans, Armed Forces, Frisco. I think Louisiana Tech is the better team. And yes, I'm going to ride the fact that he has proven with the Bulldogs to have a good plan. And you're going to give me points. I think Louisiana Tech... When it comes down to it in this game, they want to make sure that they make the most of uh, getting all the way over there to Hawaii. Yeah, give me the Bulldogs. Lock it
3: up. Um, I'm gonna come off the sideline with a boombox on my shoulder, bumping Queen Latifah. This yeah, sure feels, <laughs> this just feels too good not to unity this thing. Uh, I. I uh, your arguments are all very compelling, and I like the idea of scrappy uh, Amik Robertson, uh, Robertson coming in at the cornerback position, fired up to prove something against this uh, really high-powered passing attack. I like Louisiana Tech. They're going to love this opportunity. So I'll, I'll roll with you guys. There we
2: go. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. For also, for what it's worth, Hawaii is ranked 100th in the S and P Plus rankings. Louisiana Tech's played five games against teams ranked 100 or worse. They are four and one in them. So,
1: it's a good football program.
2: Skip. Yeah, on. they're not. They're you know they're good.
1: They're good. Uh, to the first responder bowl in Dallas, Boston College and Boise State in this matchup. I've got no lock here. How we feeling? Uh, anybody got a lock or want to take the lead on motivating factors?
2: I've got a lock. Okay, what do you, what's your lock? And my motivating factor is fifteen to eighteen mile an hour winds in the forecast Ooh! for it's the Cotton Bowl on you know the the morning after Christmas. Uh yeah, Boston College, Boise State, under 56. fifty six. Fifty
1: is not fifty six? The ultimate shrug of an uh, over under line for college football.
2: I, I'd love it more if it was fifty six and a half. But sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just, I mean, first of all, I feel like Boise State's defense has been, you know, they've been good to me with unders already this year. So I was kind of, you know, leaning that way when I saw it. And then when I saw the wind, it was like, OK, I'm, I'm all in on this, even though I, Boston College has been kind of iffy with unders lately you know you you think of them as an under team but they really haven't been but i just think that boise state's defense will be good enough to slow down boston college on offense and i don't know how explosive boise state's offense is really going to be in this game particularly with the wind so you know give me the under i like it a lot barton you got a read or a lock
3: no i don't have a read or a lock here i've got a um i'm i'm that that sounds like a reasonable play, as much so as any. And and Boise, from what I've seen them, and when they're successful in offense, it's in the downfield passing game, explosive plays, and in, in, in the pass game. And, and BC's got a pretty stout secondary. Obviously, they got guys that can get to the quarterback too. So uh, I would I would lean probably under. Uh, and I just don't. But with the line. I wouldn't. I just don't know who to really trust here. My my hunch is BC, but not not enough to to trust them to lock it up.
1: Yeah, this is uh this is a Boston College team that has been so all over the place, and they've been banged up uh, both at the quarterback and running back position. As you mentioned, their secondary is strong, but I Bo- Boise State might just play the the kind of rock, they might just might be ready for um, whatever Boston College is going to bring defensively. So I I like your underplay. I think that my lean here probably is Boise State to win this game especially on the inside. Don't be scared off uh Boston College under Steve Adasio one and three in bowl games if you need a deciding factor. But that's not a lock. It's only a lean. To the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, we got Minnesota and Georgia Tech. Uh this one this one feels like uh, this one is motivation city for both teams. Who's got a
3: lock here? I don't. I don't. Oh, yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah. This is your this is your wheelhouse here. Yeah. What, what you got? What you got?
1: Oh, listen. Back at Newland High School, when uh, when Paul Johnson was getting his coaching career started in 1894, he designed some sort of quadruple reverse flea flicker down the field trick play that he's going to pull out. I think Paul Johnson's swan song is less about Georgia Tech's players wanting to win one for Paul Johnson than it is Paul Johnson wanting to craft together the play calling masterpiece. He has held on to the play calling duties uh, at that job for his entire time knowing that only he has the key to the explosive plays that lead to those 50 and 60 yard runs and he sends it in with the fullback or the B back uh, on every single play and I, I think that for that reason going up against a Minnesota team that yeah look Minnesota is is perhaps going to be able to be ready defensively with all the time to prepare to to really cause some problems, but I I don't think that Minnesota is going to win this game. And as excited as PJ Fleck probably is uh, with all his catchphrases and with all his skits that he's been doing in team meetings, I gotta go with the schem- decided schematic advantage of Paul Johnson in his final game trying to dial it up for the dub. So at five and a half, I'm locking up the bees.
3: One thing you could be Oh, go ahead. Well, no, just they're, they're laying fire, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: The, the one thing I would be concerned about though, is since Minnesota made the change of defensive coordinator, they've played three games. And in those three games, defensively, they're allowing 3.53 yards per carry. Now, granted, that a lot of that damage was Purdue in Northwestern Wisconsin did pretty well against the Minnesota run defense. I mean, it averaged nearly five and a half yards per carry, but Minnesota has improved a lot defensively since they made the switch at defensive coordinator in those three games. So that would be one thing that kind of scares me, but I, I agree with pretty much everything else.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is mostly a Paul Johnson play here. And if this is my last time to, uh, to be dialed in for it, then I'm, I'm going to lock it up. Let's go. You got any read on this, Barton?
3: I mean, I feel like this is um, if you're gonna play this game, how can you how can you not play the Paul Johnson side just for the utter joy of of watching him try to kind of do what you explained, go out on top, whisper sweet nothing into wingbacks' ears <laughs> right. all day long. Uh, I I am. I would, if if I was going to play this, I don't know what side I like better. I would just play this just to to have a reason to root for Georgia Tech in this one, but I am uh, I'm not confident enough to lock anything up here.
1: The Cheez It Bowl in Phoenix is, uh, it's a football game, guys. cal and tcu i've got to write this preview later for cbs sports.com yeah and i've been staring at it like the the term paper that you just hold off until the night before it's due i ah all right it's cal versus
2: tcu's band of rejects
3: right barton that's right do we have a lock here no no (laughs) i i um I've been barred from commenting on TCU for uh the better half of the last two months. <laughs> so I have no opinion.
1: Uh Tom, do you have a lock here?
3: Uh no.
2: <laughs> no 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 no.
1: If I was going I don't have a lock either. If I was going to play it, I would almost want to do the under just to just to feel that adrenaline of holding under your
3: degeneracy. Yeah. What, what, what's the total like 37 and a half or something?
2: 38 and a half.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, so it's going up
1: (laughs) (laughs) when when one fumble return touchdown means you're done like one special teams play and your 38 is probably going to go bust. I, I I would lean TCU because Gary Patterson is a boss in bowl games and the fact that nobody is healthy and everyone is transferring does not scare me coaching advantage TCU. I would go TCU if I had to pick it, but man, that is not something I'm willing to lock up. And it's not something that I feel that confident about.
3: I think I would go Cal if I had to pick it. Just, it feels like Cal's coming in with a little better positive mojo. Uh, I mean, they're, they're like TCU stumbling into this game. Whereas Cal, I think is, you know, excited. This is a positive step for the program that they've found a way to get here. And, and, Uh, they're a little like TCU's. just, I mean, there's, they have one, they got, they get like one pulled hamstring or, or, or turned ankle at just about any position group anywhere. Like they're, they're, they're dipping into the lock on pool. It's just a, I mean, it's crazy how many injuries they got. So I, I would lean cow here, but, uh, and I don't, there's a, there's a temptation to play this just to like get involved somehow. In this like ridiculous, ugly mess of a game, but I'm gonna uh, just for the sake of money making uh, discipline, I'm gonna stay away.
1: I think Sonny Cumbie is actually gonna play quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna have Sonny Cumbie in a mustache out there uh, doing the air raid, and he will bring back all of the Arena Football League glory that he experienced during his brief professional career. Um, yeah, I just. I, I want I want to watch this game because it's gonna be uh an absolute rock fight. So maybe I'll end up with a late play on the under, but not here for the locks podcast. Alright, what do we have next? Independence? Shreveport? Oh Alright. Hold on. You called Roll it. Yeah, you called for it. Roll it. An early an early request from the A V department. <laughs>
0: but our football team is going to come down here ready to play we're going to practice really hard we're going to play really hard i hope that we play well but i know that we'll play hard and we're going to find out about duke and we're going to find out about temple and we're going to find out about which one of those football clubs wants to hit each other harder longer that's what we're going to decide here yeah. in the And while we're getting ready to do that, I hope that you see the finest group of young men that's ever been through Shreveport. I hope you have a chance to see them hold a door open for you, or say thank you for being here, or be truly appreciative, because guys, I love this team. And I love these players, and I know you will do when you get around. Please, get around our players. They are going to love you. They are going to love Streetport, and you're going to love them. And they are going to be so appreciative of being here. Guys, it's going to be one of the greatest teams that you've ever had here. I promise you that. So we're fired up to be here. Thank you to everybody for having us.
2: When you're living I... in a van down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to love you. Just get near them. They're going to
3: hug hold, you and They're going to hold, gonna hold the
1: door open for you.
3: I didn't know that there was a scenario in which I could get chills from an independence bowl <laughs> press conference. I mean there was a standing ovation. <laughs> there was a there was they interrupted his speech to applaud him mid press conference. This isn't this wasn't at Temple. This wasn't in Philly. He no, wasn't this even was there with his team. This no, no, this was him. at
1: the mayor's office in Shreveport. <laughs> yeah,
3: that was just like the the Shreveport, like, uh, 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 what what's what's the um committee for? You know, this is just like the bowl committee, just like applauding him, like, <laughs> just like, what, God, thank thank God you're here, Ed. I mean, <laughs> that that was, I, I I'm I am, I am i am taking Temple. I am taking Temple. That is how you get your team motivated, and they are going to be ready to play. And it's all about motivation in bowl season. So give me Temple laying four against Duke. Uh, David Cutcliffe ain't bringing that kind of energy to to Shreveport, Louisiana. And I'll say this too. I looked into this a little bit because this is the second time Ed Foley has been the interim head co- coach at Temple. Matt Rule left to take the Baylor job. Ed Foley was the the interim head coach at that time too for their bowl game. We can't remember what the bowl they, they played Wake, I think. I can't remember what the bowl was there were 13 point favorites in that game and they lost by six. So it's not as if this guy is a, uh, you know, a, a, a motivational mastermind. I think he actually learned from that. And when you talk to, the, when you read the up on this, this game and you t- listen to the player quote uh, quotes and, and uh, you know listen to them talking about the preparation for this last time, there was the whole staff was like splitting time, heading back and forth between temple and Baylor. And there was a, uh, you know, they were just, they weren't prepared and they, they were distracted and they were kind of hurt that Matt rule left this time. The, the upperclassmen have kind of been here, done that. Jeff Collins, even in his Georgia tech presser was like, our guy, we are going to be committed to, um, to, to, to Temple having a great bowl experience. I'm not going to talk to my guys about who's coming with me until after the bowl game. They're going to be focused on that and preparing that team. So I think that this is a Temple team that will be prepared, and Ed Foley's going to have them ready, and I'm going to roll a Temple minus four.
1: I'm not locking it up, but I can't argue. Tom, you got to play here?
2: Uh, No. I just I'm just – Making a mental note of how easy it is to impress the people of Shreveport. They're like they're like the people that never get complimented, so you just come say something nice about it and they will hail you as a king.
3: <laughs> I want to know who was in that press conference audience. I want to see the other side of that camera and see who was who was like mid mid presser just like standing ovation for Ed Foley i like the chamber, the 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 Shreveport Chamber of Commerce, right? Just yeah, chilling
1: yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah okay. I bet
3: his name was Dale.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Shreve, <laughs> the Shreveport Chamber of Commerce, uh, the local reporters who were really only there to cover the the scene around the bowl game. Like it's like uh, that game in Shreveport is basically the same as uh, a festival, right? Like an annual festival, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just- and if
3: you, if, if you watch the video, too, like he has got like as he's, he's sort of pacing at the podium and, and you can see like his hand is like keeps on gripping like as a fist. Like it's like he's about to go into a fight. It's like he's hyping himself up for a for, for a, a physical altercation that's approaching. And this is just literally him flying down on on a Monday for a press conference. Uh, It was awesome. (laughs) Uh, From
1: a from from a game that is is generating so much excitement because of its head coach to a game that whose head coaches uh, combined don't even have an eighth of the enthusiasm of Ed Foley, Uh, Paul Chris going up against Mark Richt. We've got no Hornybrook playing for Wisconsin. We've got Manny Diaz gone for Miami. We're playing in the Pinstripe Bowl. Jaron Williams is not going to transfer, I guess. Uh, yeah. Mark Richt might have done his best his best recruiting job of the fall in convincing him not to leave. Man, where where are we at with the the Hurricanes and the Badgers? You know, both these teams obviously were in the Orange Bowl last year, mm-hmm. it was the New Year's Six game. Yeah, now they're playing uh, in the Pinstripe Bowl. So disappointing seasons for two teams that started in the top ten. Who's who shows up wanting to play this game? What do y'all think?
2: I'm locking up Wisconsin plus three and a half. All right. Simply because Miami doesn't want to be in this game. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not just that it's the pinstripe bowl a year after going to the Orange Bowl. It's just like you mentioned, Manny Diaz is gone. So there's, there's shakeups on the coaching staff, and they're going north to New York to play in the winter. And, you know, it's – Most teams go from the north to Miami for bowl game as the reward. Miami's got to do the opposite this year. Wisconsin's going to be playing in the weather it's used to playing its entire season in. I just think that this is going to be the kind of game where Miami's might be fired up before the game, but as soon as they get out there and something goes wrong, they're just going to pack it in. Be like, all right, screw this. I want to go home. And I just think it's going to be that kind of – like Alex Hornibrook for Jack Cohn, to me, really no difference – in what Wisconsin's offense does, and I actually think that maybe Cone, with the extra time to prepare, might actually be better for Hornybrook because while he wasn't great when I watched him, he at least seemed to be more accurate with his throws, and I think that could be good for Wisconsin. So I'm taking the Badgers plus the three and a half, but most of the reason is just
3: Miami will not want to play in this game. What you got, Barton? So this... That Miami seems like – or Wisconsin seems like an obvious play. Yeah, this line
1: stinks. That's why I'm staying away. I feel right, like Miami's going to win this game now.
3: The only thing that scares me about playing Wisconsin here is <clears throat> I feel like Mark Richt knows his back's against the wall. His, his, his D coordinator's gone, which is, which is really sort of the signature piece of the program that you could trust was Manny Diaz. Um, they – they had a horrible early signing period. They're ranked 38th in the country in the recruiting rankings right now. Um, on At a signing day press conference, here's what Mark Richt had to say. We understand there's more work to do. This class is not final. We know there's a lot of great players out there. We're pursuing them very, very diligently. And we're looking forward to finishing off this class in style. But later on, went on to say the sky isn't falling. Next year is going to be a way better year than this year was. Not the you know everyone loves their signing class quotes that we're used to hearing from coaches on signing day i think he understands that things are like trending in the wrong direction and i, I and i think he understands that this is a game they have to be ready for they have to get up for uh, and if they if they get you know if 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 they don't, don't take care of business here it just continues this trend of horrible News and 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 for for Miami and so where I'm at with it is I still think all that said I have a hard time trusting Miami. I still think Miami heading up to New York City in the cold in the dead of of winter doesn't strike me as a good recipe. And and yet that defense has played really well all year despite the bad offense and despite the, you know, all, all the negative indicators of the season. So I kind of still think that defense will come to play. Um, so I'm going to go under, I'm going to go under Ooh. 47 and a half. Uh, and just, I think it's just going to be a 21 to 17, you know, 17 to 13 type of game. The only thing I'm worried about, I'm just hoping there's not a, some pick sixes or fumble scooping scores or, some some crazy turnover stuff but if if that doesn't happen i I like this under to hit
2: i think i think miami is an excellent test case or example of turnover luck for people who are wondering what that is (laughs) look at miami last year look at miami this year that's turnover luck that's what happens
1: you think you think turnover luck is like two games worth for miami
2: i just think that last year they got a bunch of turnovers and they got to the orange bowl this year they didn't have nearly as many turnovers and they're playing in the pinstripe bowl.
1: That Orange Bowl game, by the way, 34-24, Wisconsin winning. And uh, I, you know, as you were saying that, Barton, I was thinking, man, like nothing would be insult to injury for Miami more than to play the exact same team who is presenting the exact same kind of threat with Jonathan Taylor and a worse defense and to not be able to get him back. To lose two straight to Wisconsin would be no bueno for Miami. Yep. Texas bowl in Houston. Uh, our final bowl for this edition of the lock spot volume two, uh, hard lock life. The, uh, Baylor Vanderbilt resident Vanderbilt expert Barton Simmons What's what's the mindset out? What are the motivating factors for Derek, Mason's program right now?
3: Well, this is a fun game because I think both these, these teams are freaking stoked to be here. Like they're really excited. Um, I think you know we're not going to have a Jalen Hurd for Baylor, but we're you know Baylor has been, I mean that's a that's a big time success to get to six wins and get another chance here. Um, for Vanderbilt, you know they were the way they celebrated that Tennessee win, um, you know basically the entire team sort of mimicking a uh falling pins with a you know fake bowl on the field out there, like just a super excited for this opportunity. So I think both teams will come in ready to play. I've got a little bit of a tough time figuring out who's going to win this team. I I think for Vanderbilt too, they got several guys that are going to the NFL or toying with the NFL. And I think this is their, their last run. Um, I, I like both of these offenses though, more than I like their defenses I think their offenses will be zeroed in, and I am going to play this on the over fifty-five.
1: Okay. Oh, ugh, hate the sound of that, uh, Tom. I've got a lock here. Do you have a lock? I do not have a lock. I'm locking up Baylor, um, Tom. That was a discussion that we had yesterday. I one of Barton. One of my big realizations from so, sort of the. The weeks after the end of the regular season, I do a lot of just sort of digging back through the year and trying to figure out what I missed, try and uh, follow up on teams and storylines that I hadn't gotten much of a chance to follow because of travel or the busyness of the season. And one of my takeaways from my December review is that Baylor took some steps forward this year and I feel like most of it was under the radar. And so if, if I think that this game is between... Even opponents, which I do, then I wonder if I'm getting four points of value and at more than a field goal, I'll take Baylor, thinking that they can absolutely win this game straight up. I think it's a fifty fifty game between Baylor and Vanderbilt, so I feel like there's value at the plus four, so I'm locking up the Bears.
3: Yeah, I don't hate that play. I mean, I, it's hard. That's what I'm saying. It's hard for me to figure out where this game goes, um, and and I I, I think. Just seeing that as a two evenly matched teams, two motivated teams, I'll take the points is a that, that makes sense to me.
1: And uh and Matt first first bowl game for Matt Rule at Baylor, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's exciting. All right, let's review Tom's card under fifty seven for FIU Toledo, Wake plus three. Houston plus five, that'd be against Army. Wake plus three against Memphis. Louisiana Tech plus one against Hawaii. The under 56 in Boston College, Boise State. And Wisconsin plus the three and a half in the pinstripe bowl against Miami. Barton's card, Wake plus three against Memphis. That's a lock agreement. Uh, A Buffalo pick'em against Troy. Louisiana Tech plus one uh, against Hawaii. Temple minus four against Duke with Ed Foley under 47 and a half in Miami, Wisconsin, and the over 55 in Vanderbilt Baylor chips card. It's a thin one. Goodness chip, uh, Houston plus five Louisiana tech plus one Georgia tech, Paul Johnson minus five and Baylor plus four. A lot of moving and shaking to be done here. I can, no, I'm, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave all my extra logs, and then maybe just go ham in Bowl Locks Volume Three.
3: <laughs> it's gonna be a fun slate. We'll start out the next slate with the Music City Bowl, and get all the way through. That's the, the next one's gonna be a busy pod.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So okay. enjoy your last your last uh, uh, little appetizer before we get some serious. Meat and potatoes. We're going to start seeing <laughs> Power Five teams soon.
1: Woo! And that's where motivating factors are My definitely going to come into in play.
3: Five star locks mm-hmm. are
0: He is
1: Tom Fernelli. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow Don't him at barton locks. Simmons. You can follow
3: five me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
0: Thank you. You there-
3: You want these locks? locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover.